0: To the Feed You Podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Feed You Podcast. I'm Elisa Connor, and I am so glad you're here. It's so awesome to uh, have you tuning in, and I know you have learning options and I appreciate you being with me to uh, pick up your learning information about your how to market your small business and your um, get people running through your sales funnel so this week what are we talking about my favorite subject yes I'm totally a nerd when it comes down to this but we are talking email and um, I am lucky enough to work with some of the brightest and best people in the uh, entrepreneurial small business world and one of them brought to my attention that something we we work on with her uh one-on-one is to get her emails open and she's like oh you, you should do a podcast on this i know people would love it and so here we go thank you wendy for the for the suggestion and if you have suggestions i would love for you to come over uh to the facebook group which is on facebook you can find me at small business builders all one word And tell me what you want to hear on the podcast. Tell me what you want to learn. And more importantly, tell me if you want to, well, not more importantly, but tell me in addition, if you have other ways that you would like to learn. In the meantime, let's hop in. Um, So we all have those emails and we pull up our statistics. Please tell me you're pulling up your statistics and your numbers. So important. Um, One thing I want to talk about, about numbers really quick, because people get really... I don't know, downtrodden or consumed or (laughs) depressed or whatever when they look at their email numbers and they say only have 100 subscribers. Well, here's the thing. We all have to start somewhere. And when we focus our attention on the growth versus the end result, We will get more of what we focus on. We know we talk a lot about energy on this program, and we talk a lot about you know the places you can go and the things you can do and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is, is our thoughts create our reality, and so when we are focused on, oh, I don't have ten thousand email subscribers. Well, you're focusing on the lack. And that means you're going to get more of that versus if you focus on hey i have like eight new subscribers today that is awesome um then you you will perpetuate the growth of those additional subscribers now of course you have to take action to make that happen so as you've heard me say on this um program many times before if you're a, a frequent listener you have to stay engaged and in front of your audience and so that is probably one of the biggest struggles i find with small business owners and entrepreneurs is that they are not consistent with keeping in contact with their email list it will by far make you stand out from anybody else in your industry if you do that if you're constantly in front of your audience sharing giving and moving them to the next piece, which is going to be a topic for a future show, which is you got to have an offer. (laughs) You've got to have something to sell them and you have to tell them about it. Um, So with that being said, when we open up our email uh, analytics and we see, oh, only like 6% open this email and you kind of go, oh, what am I doing wrong? so getting your emails open is step one because if nobody opens them, they can't read the brilliance you put in there. But step two is you're getting them open and your open rates are kind of going up and average open rates are like around 20%. So if you're doing anywhere, you know, close to that or above that, you're doing awesome. So don't freak out if you don't have like an 80% open rate. I don't think people realize that most, you know, 20% is pretty average, like where you're at. Um, but once you get those emails opened, you need them to take the next step. And so that's what we're gonna talk about today is like getting conversion to the next step of your sales funnel with your emails. Um, so let's jump in. I have seven tips for you. Yeah, I have seven tips for you on this one. And they're pretty simple. Like they're pretty easy to um, implement and put out there. In fact, I may, what I may do is just create a little template for you to um have as a checklist i think that would be really helpful because then you can just go yep got that yep got that yep got that and um so i'll link to that in the show notes which you can find at alisa connor.com forward um, slash 94. all the podcasts are over on my website you can just click on over to Elisa connor um, and you'll see a link for podcasts or you can go to alisa connor.com forward slash podcast but this this episode specifically is number 94. So number one, you need to get their attention, not just in the headline, getting you know, their attention when they open the, the email. I mean, you use your headline, and I've talked about headlines quite a bit in some other episodes that I can link to, um, but once you have them open the email, you need to, again, capture their attention. And one of the best ways to capture their attention is in that first couple of lines is to address a problem they're having and we tend to jump into you know hey how's it going or you know we just don't get to the point and people are really um overwhelmed right now they get so many emails a day that like if they're going to open it if you've intrigued them enough to open it you've got to keep their attention and so there's a couple of ways you can do that one you can jump right into the problem and start talking about you know how you can relate to that problem and it's even better if you can tell a story whether that's a story that about your experience with that problem or a story about one of your clients that you helped that had that problem um people relate to storytelling that's why there is a billion dollar movie industry that's why video games are a billion dollar industry because each of them have some kind of story i, I talk with my kids about this a lot when they are playing their video games and i'm like why are you so into this and they're like oh my god because so-and-so character does this and and it's like it's still a story like the video game um creators are still creating and playing out a story throughout the game you're just interacting with that story so to capture and keep their attention you can pull them in with the story and make them a piece of that story that makes it even more powerful not going to dig into that too much but um once you it's really important to grab and keep their attention and so let's use an example um we have a uh, we have an ice cream store here in the in the town where i live and they do such a oh my gosh their ice cream is ridiculous (laughs) like we went the other day and uh, they have an ice cream truck that goes around to different neighborhoods and i wish i could give them a little bit of marketing advice but um some people just aren't ready for it but they they do this thing where they go around i think it's like thursday friday saturday and they go to different neighborhoods it's usually three a day and then they um you can get ice cream from the ice cream truck well this ice cream is like through the roof delicious um one of the flavors so last week one of the flavors my favorite is root beer but one of the flavors that they had was um chocolate peanut butter pretzel and it had like chunks of peanut butter pretzel in it so ridiculous but anyway one of the things they could do with their email list is to um and they don't send email not that i know of so Here's some free advice if you're listening. (laughs) Um, One of the things they could do is talk about the experience with that ice cream truck because they were really good about taking pictures. And I will bet you money they're using those pictures. I haven't gone to look to promote on Instagram or Facebook or something. But a great way for them to get engaged is to take one of those photos and tell a little story about... um, their visit over to such and such neighborhood and that they had um sally who came up and she just loved the chocolate peanut butter pretzel ice cream and tell a little story about like how she came up and she had her flip-flops on and she was in her swimsuit because they were near the pool and she you know dug out of her pocket the 387 that she had saved up from babysitting. And like, you're immediately pulled in, right? With the story and you're like, what? And then you're like, oh, I think, and then she, you know, describe like how the first bite, she just like moaned because it was so good. And she was so excited to have it. And she'd worked really hard to get that ice cream. And, but you see how you can do that. And so I want you to take what that story would look like for your business and for your client or for your ideal customer and talk about, you know, um, the, the problem that they might be having. So like with Sally, the problem was, is that she didn't have enough money for ice cream. And so when she, you know, her mom was like, well, you gotta babysit or clean up the yard or, you know, water flowers or clean the house or whatever it might be to earn some money. And so, you know, if you start to tell the story about how she did all these odd jobs for two weeks, and then, um, they would watch the Facebook page and see what, you know, ice cream was going to be available in, in the area. And like, you may not have to work as hard Sally cause you have the money and we'll be in your neighborhood. And so then list out, you know, the, the three places they're going to there, the three places are going to be each day and the flavors they are going to um, have available. So, that's what I mean is like you pull in a story and you wrap it around a problem and then you offer a solution. I mean, you are going to pull people in and you can tell those stories really quick. It doesn't have to be long and you don't even have to type it. Like people love video. So if you want to create a video about that story, even better. So that's tip number one. tip number two is, um, you need to tell them what to do next i don't know how many emails i read that are just like blah 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 okay bye and i'm like nobody what is the point of that like you're not telling them to do anything else they're not moving further through the funnel and um or they're like oh go here and grab this resource and then over here i wrote this blog or blog article and over here i have a podcast episode and over here i have this and, that. and there's like 20 calls to action well the problem with that is you don't know uh which one is working you don't know uh or they won't choose any of them because there's too many and they're like I don't know what to do so I really have seen the best results not only with my email marketing but with the email marketing of my clients when you have one the most would be two one call to action repeat it again and again make it really clear um so when i was working with a client on this she um sells online courses and to online monthly online courses to a very specific audience and she would put the title of the course i'm like that doesn't tell them to buy it and she's like light bulb and so i said say buy this month's webinar And so I'm anxious to see her conversion rate. I know it's gonna go up because I've seen it happen before. Um, And it's one of the first things that we fix on websites. Um, Because if you don't have a strong call to action and make it super like kindergarten clear for your audience, they will not take that step. And we try to be clever and funny and marketing has us convinced the marketing world has us convinced that we have to use all these clever phrases, but clever doesn't sell. What sells is clarity. And so um, when you're creating that call to action, give them the insight that you have a solution to their problem, the problem that you talked about in the intro and don't make them guess what the solution is. Just tell them I have this gizmo, go buy it here go buy the gizmo and so um that would be tip number two is just to really make your call of action call to action very very clear and only use i really recommend only using one like if you're gonna do two um make it related or uh, or leave it out like I just it really and I've gotten to the point where I really am trying to narrow those down usually I have two but I'm really trying to get it down to one because I have better traction with one so uh that's my second tip for getting people to take action with your email is don't put a whole barrage of stuff in there and then people don't know what to do and they don't they're like it's too much I can't I'm already overwhelmed so uh make it really clear about what you want them to do next and then make that label that clear to action or that call to action very clearly. Look, clear to action. I just made up a new thing. Uh, number three, people ask very regularly, how long should my email be? And here's the, the, the honest truth is that emails of all lengths work for different circumstances. And I think you have to prepare yourself to test and see what works well for your audience and what performs the best and for what reason, because we can send like a really long email. Like if you, for example, if you're launching a new product and you want to give them a lot of details about the product and tell them what's you know going on, I have seen both really long emails work and really short emails work. And so you really just have to play with it and get to know your audience. Now, if your audience, for example, works in a nine to five job, corporate (laughs) nine to five job, and they don't have a lot of time to read email and you send them like a three page email, they're either going to skim it or they're going to delete it because they just don't have time. And so we always think, you know, longer and more detail is better, but really shorter to the point can get you closer and in the door to the next step than really long emails, but there is a time and a place for long emails. So I don't want you to throw them out the window either. You really just have to test which email is good for which situation. And I wish that there was a firm, strong answer for that, but there really isn't. Um, It's, it just takes trial and error and, and measuring what worked and what didn't work and then asking asking your audience like which do you prefer what do you want to know in email um because when we ask the question and we listen for the answer we're going to get a lot uh better traction so number three is to just play with the length of the email and test 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 number four is uh this is really important because as we talked about most people skim email they don't read the entire thing nobody has time to sit there and read every word that you've written even though you pour your heart and soul into it. So you need to add heading um, headings to your email. Now if you don't, I don't know of an email service provider out there that doesn't give you the option to add a heading. So uh, if you don't know what that is, um, I am going to actually just do a quick tutorial over on Facebook and you guys can uh, catch that in the, gr- in the group. Um, but you'll want to add headings and somehow bold. It's really great to use headings because it makes the the text a little bit bigger and bolder. Um, but you want to, you know, put kind of a, like when you used to write papers, um, you, you want to have a heading, like here's the title of this section, because they're going to look at those and go, Oh, perfect. Like that's, you know, Yes, I need to read that. Nope, don't really need don't need to know that. But, you know, they're going to skim through really, really quickly. And if you have an engaging heading, it will pull them in to read the rest of what's underneath it. And so if you look at that as like a title of the paragraph um, and kind of summarize what's in the paragraph, it will grab their attention. It will pull them in and they will read the components that apply to them. So <clears throat> use headings for people to skim and also in case you haven't heard it before you want to add a ps at the end and i highly recommend if you're going to add that ps that you put a link to your call to action because a lot of people will just skim the entire thing get to the very end and go hey what's this and then they'll see that link and they'll click on it cha-ching so there you go um use headings so that you can make those sections stand out and uh, get their attention and get them to move forward with the the next piece of your funnel. Number 5 uh is to add images of some sort into your email. Now if you get my emails, you know, I usually try to pull an image in that's humorous or somehow relates. I really like GIFs. GIFs, GIFs. I'm not really sure how you say that, but typically I will link those because you can to a um whatever my call to action is. So if it's to listen to the podcast, it's gonna link over to the podcast. If it's to download a freebie, it's gonna link to the opt-in form for the freebie. So um, whatever you have in there, if you're gonna add a header to the top with an image, for example, you wanna have the call to action really clear on that, if if you can. If you create it yourself, you can and you want it to link to where you want it to go. So don't put a different an image in there with a different link to somewhere else, because if they click on that, you're, not gonna, you're gonna have to go digging through your analytics and try to figure out what link came from where. Um, <clears throat> and one of the things that um, I wanna talk about for just a second when it comes to analytics, most email service provider platforms have some version of analytics. I don't want you to get so caught up in like, oh, this person did that and that. We're looking at like general trends and you really can dig deep in your analytics. And um, I know specifically with ConvertKit, which is the email service provider that I recommend and that I use most often, um, you can actually upgrade your analytics reporting options but it's really quite expensive. So you go from like $29 a month to $200 a month. And so you really have to be profitable with your email list to justify the ROI for that $200 a month. Um, But what what I'm getting at is that when you have one link in there, it makes it really easy for you to track what's working and what's not working and which links people are clicking on, which links they're not, because it's the same link. And so when you have that singular call to action as a link that we talked about in number two, um, you want to keep that consistent with any images that you add to the email as well. So if you're going to add an image in there, make sure that it ties into the content. Um, What's really nice about images is that it breaks up the text. And we, uh, as a species, as humans are very visually stimulated, which is why video and Uh, images do so well and social media is such a hit. So when you add an image in there, it's going to capture their mind, but you want to use an image that relates to what you're talking about. So if you just have some random image, that's like a quote and it has nothing to do with your content, there's a disconnect. So um, choose your images carefully, make sure they link back to your content. And if at all possible, um add a call to action within the actual image so that's number five number six this is a this is a good one and most people don't know to do this um when you look at your broadcast emails so the emails that go out um once one time it's not a sequence it's not somebody that opts in and then they have five or six emails that you send them sequentially a day later or two days later that's you know an automation this is an a broadcast email is typically uh one that you send one time so this could be like your weekly um email update or your weekly you know um podcast update or your weekly training that you do that you send out the video link to or whatever that looks like but it's your your week your weekly nurture email series is what it is. Well, when you go into the analytics, most email service providers, not all, but most have this really cool option which is to resend to people that didn't open the first email. And what's cool about that is that you can change the subject line I, I think you can change like almost anything but for sure you can change the subject line and you may even be able to change part of the content to cat to to try it one more time and so um besides a b testing which is another I'm not going to get into that too much today but there's another episode that I talk about a b testing where you can test different headlines um This gives you another option to get in front of those people, maybe a day or two later. So maybe you sent it on a Monday, your first email, and it was just a really busy day. And so it got pushed to the bottom of the pile because most people's email inboxes have, you know, a minimum of 50 emails a day. Like, I don't know anybody that doesn't get at least 50 emails a day. And so they didn't see it and they didn't open it. Well, now maybe it's Thursday and you're like, oh, I see they didn't open that. when you resend to an opens, it will boost your open rate. And if you implementing some of the steps that we talk about in this episode, it will also um, boost your conversion rate. So um, think about using that tool. And I know ConvertKit has it and I'm pretty sure ActiveCampaign has it. And I would bet drip does, I'm not a big fan. If you've listened before, I'm not a big fan of constant contact or Mailchimp. So I'm not gonna go down that path, but um, I know for sure ConvertKit has this. And um, I would bet the other two providers drip and ActiveCampaign also have something similar. So I would test it again, everything with email is testing, Um, but test resending to unopened emails and see if it increases your conversion rate. Last but not least, we want to use a, one of my favorite tools called link triggers. Now, before I dig into what a link trigger is, um, I want to tell you why you would use them. Link triggers enable you to segment out your list based on their area of interest. So I have a couple of examples for you. If you're a chiropractor, and you have patients that have low back pain headaches maybe they're on a maintenance plan um maybe they have um i'm trying we'll just go with those three so they have one of those three things well if you're sending the people that have headaches a bunch of email about low back pain they're going to unsubscribe because they don't care because they have headaches and so what segmentation does which can be achieved through link triggers follow me here um is that if they click a link that is talking about um tension headaches and whatever like read this article about tension headaches that i created the five ways to alleviate tension headache pain and they click on that link you can then tag them using a link trigger for tension, headaches, or just headaches. So that when you continue to create content, you can actually just send the content about headaches to the people interested in headaches. And it helps you learn about, understand, and create engagement and conversation at a very personal level with your audience, which is really important because nobody wants to be a number. And when we send email about just general everything, and that doesn't relate, that's when people they unsubscribe and, um, they lose interest and go find someone else that will solve their problem. Like that's the bigger piece of it. And so one more example is if you ran a specialty food store, You may have people that are interested in specialty meats, somebody that's interested in organic only, like maybe they just want to know about organic produce and just organic food. And you may have somebody that is um, only interested in what's new in the store. So yeah, there could be some overlap there but if you know like sally every time you send her an email she clicks on the organic link because you're like oh yeah these are the new organic products we have in the store and she clicks on it every single time you are really sure that she's interested in organic products so if you are going to promote um you know if you're going to do a promotion of all the organic like say you're going to have a sale on all the organic products in the store you want to make sure that you get that in front of sally because she loves organic products and she wants to buy them. So using a link trigger, which would be another tutorial that I could do over. It, it's definitely a visual tutorial, but you basically, um, put a link in the email to an item and then create a trigger in your email, sir, in your email service provider to tag that person with a tag when they click it. Um, so, explaining it on a podcast is a little bit wonky. And that's why I was like, that's why I wanna move some of the things I do to video. And so that would definitely be a video that, I, that I'll that i create for you guys. Um, so stay tuned for that. But the power of using link triggers to segment your list is exponential. It will 100% increase your conversion because you are then getting into their psyche. And when you know your people so well that, you know what, you know, they, you know what they've clicked on and what else they want, that opens up the opportunity to not only have conversation, but to move them forward in your sales cycle. So just to wrap up what we've talked about today, some ways to increase engagement in your email and get people uh, clicking, clicking on those links. Number one, you need to not only grab it, but keep their attention. Number two, you need to offer a singular call to action telling them what to do next. Number three, you've got to test and play with the length of your emails. There's no magic answer. Number four, use headings so that when people are skimming the email, they know exactly um, what piece they want to tune into and you're not making them guess or skim through and not read any of it. Number. Five, uh, if you're going to add images, which I recommend, you need to make sure they align with your call to action and that you link them accordingly and even add a call to action phrasing on that image. Number six is to resend to all of your unopened email people. When you send a broadcast and number seven is to use link triggers to create segmentation in your email list that's what i've got for you today thanks so much for tuning in i have uh next week what are we talking about oh next week i have seven ways to grow your email list and some of them you may have tried some of them you may not have tried and some may be brand new so tune in for that and then the following week i actually have a guest and i'm really excited to uh introduce him to you so in the meantime have a wonderful week and again if you want to connect come over to the, to the Facebook group at Small Business Builders on Facebook. And then last but not least, if you um, want to check out some of the resources I've mentioned in this episode, you can find those at elisaconnor.com forward slash 94. Take care. If you're struggling with what to say, who to say it to and where to say it, you may need my new ideal client worksheet. The Ideal Client Worksheet helps you discover the important questions that you need to ask when it comes to finding your clients. It will help you understand them, understand their problems, so that you connect with them, attract them, turn them into leads, and convert them into customers. So go grab your copy today at alisaconner.com forward slash ideal client.